0: Maybe you know who that group is. It doesn't. Rolling Stones. Now <laughs> yeah, we're starting our series, uh, still Rolling Stones. And the fact is, our God is in the business of still Rolling Stones. Do you believe that? Do you? You know, that's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about Stones, Rolling Stones. We're going to talk about the fact that God still rolls stones life. Now I believe today if you listen, you open your heart a little bit, that you will hear God asking you, do you hear me not? Do you hear me not? Now God gave uh, Ezekiel a message that was for the people in that day. I believe it's for God's people today. The the fact is that God, God is knocking, God is doing a new thing in your life and mine. God says, I will give you a new heart and a new mind, and I will take away your stubborn heart of stone and give you an obedient heart. See, I believe that God is always working, that God is always working to give us new hearts and a new spirit, that He takes our hardened heart and gives us a very tender and responsive heart. But it's a process, and it happens over time. A heart that ultimately will follow him, that'll be fully devoted to him. And I believe it's a heart that leads us to worship. It's a heart that reminds us who, who we are and who he is. It's a heart that allows you to change. It changes how you live, what you value. It changes where where you spend your time, your your talents, your resources, and it is all a heart thing. Can you hear God knocking? Let let me ask you something. What is the one thing that God desires that only you can give Him? Do you know what it is? Because I'm going to guess... Most don't. That we don't know the answer, but the answer is worship. And the fact is worship as I think about it, they is the thing that has profoundly marked me in my life. It has changed me. And in fact, it has transformed me. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about worship because our God, our creator. Wants to turn your heart of stone into a heart of obedience. Now, one day Jesus was uh, in the streets of Samaria and he was having a conversation with, with a woman. And the story is recorded that he's talking to her about sin that's in her life. And then at a point, the woman realizes there's something very, very special about Jesus. And this, this conversation that didn't seem like a lot takes a turn, and they begin to discuss worship. And so she begins asking questions. She's trying to understand worship. The scripture says this. It says, Jesus says, yet a time is coming. In fact, it's come right now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and truth. <laughs> They're the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. See, worship is something that God seeks, God desires. And I was thinking about this. This happened years ago. My grandkids were little at the time and uh, they would invade our house, like for the weekend. And when I say invade, they invaded. And uh, I remember Ethan, he, he was about five, somewhere around there. And it, he's always been very uh, self-conscious. And yet, he liked to sing. The thing is, he didn't want anybody to hear him. He didn't want anyone around. He just, but you'd catch him once in a while, like oh, oh, somebody saw me or heard me. But one day we got in the car and they would all ride home with me, and we had a, a deal that we would just jam out. I'd turn the stereo up full blast, and we'd listen to worship music. We were listening to the song "Chain Breaker," and I, I look in the mirror and I can see Ethan in the back, and I mean, he's singing his heart out. Now we got home, we're getting lunch, we gathered around the table, and uh, his brother, who was probably about three at the time, he he volunteered to have prayer. And so he starts praying, well, Ethan, he's like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And so he gets himself all in a a mood for for prayer. And this this was strange, because Ethan had always kind of resisted prayer. And he would, he would sit quietly, but usually he had his eyes open. He's watching everybody. And you go, Well, how do you know that? Well, because I would peek once in a while. <laughs> and uh, I would see him. And uh, so now I freaked some of you out. because you're like, uh-oh, better be careful. I didn't know the pastor peeked during prayer. He may be watching us. So. But anyway, Ethan. He folds his hands, he bows his head, and he goes, I'm ready to pray now. And in a voice that really would have made a mouse seem like he was creating ruckus, uh, Jason prays, and he's like, God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Now, on the surface, you're going, really? Doesn't seem like a big deal to me. Doesn't seem like anything extraordinary. I will tell you, it still makes me smile. And and most important, I know that day, the creator of this universe smiled. God took notice of that moment, that shift in his life. Why is worship important? Well, I'll give you a couple of reasons. Well first of all, there is a war going on in this world for your worship. Uh, I mean, it is being waged. And this is a war that's been going since the beginning of time. You know the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, we, we see how the war started. You know it, it started long before we existed. You know Scripture says there, there was an angel. In fact, he was the most beautiful of all the angels. His name was Lucifer. And biblical scholars believe that Lucifer, he functioned as a worship leader in heaven. In other words, he directed all the other angels as they worshiped God. But there's something that happened along the way, and his desires changed. His motives changed. In fact, Lucifer turned inward. he became very selfish at a point. And he begins desiring what only God should receive. You know, in fact, he's, he says this. This is Lucifer talking. I'll, I'll ascend to heaven. I will rise my throne to the stars of God. I'll sit on the Mount of Assembly, on the heights of Zaphron, which was a sacred mountain. I will ascend to the tops of the cloud. I will make myself like the Most High. See, in that moment, that was his desire, and that's when the war began. You know, Lucifer, gets kicked out of heaven, if you know the story, and along with a third of the angels that were going along with Lucifer's plan, and all of a sudden, we've got spiritual enemies. You know, Satan, the legion of, of demons. And I, I realize today, we're all in different places. I mean, some, some of you are just hearing this, you go, yeah, Damon, I'm not really a worshiper, I'm not religious. In fact, the fact I'm even in church is kind of a miracle. I'm just here looking for answers. And, and I, if that's where you are today, I wanna say, that's okay. I'm just glad you're here. The fact is, I know you're in a, a place and a space where where you can hear God, where you can experience, where you might if you listen, you might be able to hear Him knocking. I mean, can't you hear Him knocking? You now, some of you, the the fact is, when I suggested there's a war for your worship, I mean, some of you, to be honest, you kind of blew me off. You're like, ah, oh, come on, Damon, you're you're being a little dramatic, aren't you? I mean. I'm not going to worship Satan. I'm way smarter than that. Well, let me ask you something. This is is theoretical, all right? If Satan had a mission statement and that statement, if it was accomplished, would be a win for him, what what would that look like? I mean, what would the statement be? See, Satan is smart. He realizes the situation he realizes he's probably not gonna get you to directly worship him. But but what if? What if he could get you to worship something, anything besides God? I mean, what if he could get you to make something, whatever it is, more important than God? What if he could get you to do that? Would that accomplish the goal? See, he's smart, he's sly. We all worship something. The question is, what do you worship? You know, whatever, whatever's number one in your life, that's what you worship. You know, for some, it would be we worship ourselves. You know, this, this life's about me, it's about my desires, it's about my wants, it's about my image. And so it's really easy, especially in our culture, to become very selfish, very self-absorbed. And, and don't misunderstand me, because I know people want to take things and run with it. There is nothing wrong with wanting things. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look good there's nothing wrong with watching out for your your interests okay but when it becomes an obsession when it becomes the most important thing well that's a problem you know some of you if you were honest the fact is you worship your kids and this one's an easy one to do you know the fact is you love them you want the best for them? You want to give them things that you didn't have? Does that sound familiar? You know, want to give them more, 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 more. But some go overboard here. You get involved in so many things under the sun. In fact, for some of you, you do not feel like you're a good parent. And unless you are ran ragged, you know, unless you run every weekend, You know, the fact is, your life revolves around your kids to the point that you get consumed. And I would argue, it's went too far. You know, the fact is, you you end up worshiping them. You know, for some, it's this little thing. We worship this. You know, this this keeps us tethered, doesn't it, to our jobs? We ignore our families and stuff, because... I've got to take care of this stuff. You know, it keeps you distracted. You know, with media, games. That some some spend so many hours on this thing. A lot of meaninglessness. You know. Oh, look at this video. It, it's a dog barking. <laughs> Can you send that to me, please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's the deal. This little device, for some of you, you're willing to sacrifice your marriage, your relationships, your health. This little thing has so much power and it means so much to us. I mean, for some, we we worship money, worship things. You know, life's all about my next acquisition what can I get again nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with things there's nothing wrong with money you know money money is not evil okay that, the Bible does not say that the love of money becomes issue and it's really the love of money that pushes it to the top when it becomes an idol when everything in life is geared around getting more and more and more and you're willing to sacrifice everything else for that thing or that stuff, you gotta watch out. You gotta watch out. I think in America one of the things we worship is comfort. You know, we've 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 all been blessed. We got all kinds of things in life but we really gravitate toward the things that give us comfort. And in fact is, if you're not careful, pretty soon, life becomes all about comfort. You know, it's, it's the recreational escapes. It's the fun fixes. It's getting more things. It's being able to chill out and just, just be self-absorbed. And life can very easily become all about me. Me, 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 me. And we get distracted and we get reduced to, I just want to be comfortable. That doesn't work for me. I don't like that. Uh, Friends, I could spend all morning on this one. But the fact is, this world's full of all kinds of diversions and comfort fixes. And I will tell you, most of them are very fleeting. Very fleeting. And I would guess that some of you are going, yeah, I'm not sure that's really an issue. Well, let's see if this sounds remotely familiar, OK? You come home, have a stressful day at work, you plop down in your oversized chair in front of an oversized box, click, 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 little kids come in. Will you watch me? Will you play? Do something with me? Hey, I'm chilling out. Just, just go play. Play, 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 play. Spouse comes in. Hey, can we talk about whatever? Uh, it's, it's been a hard day. It's been a hard day. I, I, I just want to unplug. See, comfort first. You, you will miss opportunities that you will never, ever get back in your life if you're not careful. I mean, let's be honest for a moment. I mean, for some of you, the, the fact is, church attendance is kind of hit and miss. And the fact is, it takes effort, doesn't it? To get up in the morning, be here. It, it's harder than plopping down in the chair and watching TV. And so what happens is people aren't connecting with God. But those same people, they have not missed one episode of The Bachelor or The Mass Singer, or you know, and don't, don't go, well, I don't watch those. Boy, but put, fill in the blank. You know, because the fact is, some of you go, oh, that's just silly. I'd never do that. Don't miss my point here. What is the thing? you are willing to set God aside for. Everybody worships something. What is worship? Well, here's the definition of worship for you. Worship is giving worth or value to something and placing it above everything else. You know, worship is giving your heart to something or to someone. You know, worship is giving priority to something or someone and placing it above everything else in your life and friends there is a war going on for that worship and again the things i just talked about they're they're all they're all good i mean there's nothing wrong with them in and of themselves okay but when you allow them to edge out and push god out and take that first place in your life above God, you've got a problem. You know, Exodus 20, it's when uh, Moses, he gets the Ten Commandments. And if you know the the Ten Commandments, the the first commandment before God says, hey, don't murder anybody, don't commit adultery, don't lie, that that kind of stuff. Before anything else, God, God says this. He says, you shall have no other gods Little G, by the way. You shall have no other things before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a what? Jealous Jealous God. See, God's ringing a big bell here. I mean, can you hear it? You shall not put anything before me. I mean, why did God say that? Well, he tells us why. He says, I'm a jealous God. And God knew that if if we didn't get this thing right, that it would destroy. The fact is, it will ruin your life. How many of you remember uh, Cracker Jack? You know, that, that was like my favorite snack food as a kid. You know, it's that little cardboard box. I still like it in the cardboard box. You know, but it's filled with caramel corn and like two or three peanuts. You know. <laughs> when you open the box, what do you look for first? Price. The prize. Yeah, I understand they. Pay out now but but that's yeah that's what I said but there was always a prize when I was growing up my my brother and I we would uh, get Cracker Jacks and we'd look for the prize and I can remember when my brother would get a better prize than me I was kind of bummed out and I, I would think I want that I want what he's got well, one time I gave my grandkids, they didn't know what Cracker Jacks were. And so I bought them Cracker Jacks, and they were, they were pretty small. And uh, so I'm telling them about that I had this when I was about their age, and this. I was telling them about the prize and everything. So when they got their box, what'd they do? They tore into the box to try and find the prize, you know? And I, I remember Jason. He, he got this, this little cardboard bumblebee. Then you put on top of a pencil and you do one of these and it looks like it's flying and, and everything, but uh, Ethan and Bella, uh, they both got history quizzes. <laughs> okay, when you're a little kid, history quiz is not very cool. Dason, he's sitting playing, he's twirling his bee and, and, and it was so funny because the, the other two are like I wish I had that, Grandpa. Why didn't I get that, you know? And I I just laughed because I thought, things don't change, do they? God says, I'm a jealous God. Friends, that is a huge statement. I mean, God says, I'm jealous. I mean, what's that mean? See, when God sees you obsessing over this or that, whatever it is, when you move something above God, God looks at that and goes, I really want that attention. I really want that time. I really want that affection. Jealousy? Who or what is sitting on the throne in your life? Not sure? Here's what I challenge you to do. Just say a prayer and ask God this week. Just say, God, show me what it is that I idolize. Show me what I am worshiping. God, show me what I put above you, before you. And then be honest with yourself. I mean, do, do you allow... Things to take priority over God. What, what is it that you spend more time thinking about? What do you spend more money on? What, what is it that you give your total heart to? What, what is it that you allow to consume you? I mean, what is it? See, there's a war. There's a war for your worship. And the question is, who's winning the war? I mean, is God, or is it something else in your life? Friends, you were created to worship. Deep in your DNA, there is a desire to worship something. It's part of our God-given design. God created you. He created you in his image so that he could have a relationship with you, so that he could love you, So so that you could love Him and worship Him. It's why we exist. And do not miss this. Worship is bigger than us singing earlier. That's a piece of worship. But worship is everything. It's everything that we do in our life. You know, there's a story that's found in Luke 19. And it's about some followers of Jesus Christ. And they're people like us. They were people that were struggling. They were trying to raise families. They were trying to make a living. They were people who had met Jesus and Jesus changed their life. And so they started seeing things that they had never seen before. They started living differently. And this account, it takes place, this is right before Jesus is arrested and right before his crucifixion. And it's known as the triumphant entry into Jerusalem if you back up a few days before that morning, Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead when Jesus arrived in Bethany Lazarus had been dead for about four days he's already been buried he's been placed in a tomb scripture says there's a stone at the entrance to the tomb and if you read the story Jesus Commands some of the people around him to remove the stone. Roll it away. And then it says that Jesus prayed and in a loud voice, he says, Lazarus, come out. And guess what? He did. It was a miracle. And the news of that miracle, it spread. Again, the miracle took place in Bethany, it's two miles from Jerusalem. People are buzzing, the news is all over Jerusalem at this point. Did you hear about Lazarus? Jesus rose, in from the, he walked out of the grave and so people are gathering in the streets because they hear Jesus is going to come to town. They're waiting for Jesus to arrive. And when Jesus enters Jerusalem and he's riding on a colt, people are worshiping him. They're waving palms. They're throwing their garments on the ground, on the street, and they're shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And in that day, what they were doing with the palms and throwing their clothes out on the ground and crying, Hosanna. It's what they did if a king would arrive. That's how cities would receive a king, to show honor. Friends, Jesus isn't just a king. I mean, he's the king of kings. And people are worshiping him. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, they do not like what's going on. They want it all shut down. Scripture says this, says some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. In other words, tell them to stop it. This has got to stop now. And Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, these stones here, these over here, they will cry out. I mean, he's echoing similar scripture in the Old Testament where they talk about the stone walls would cry out in worship. You know, creation cries, creation declares God's glory. You know, one way or another, friends, God will be worshiped. And if we fail to worship, if we fail to worship God with our lips and with our voice and with our lives, if we ignore that, the reason we were created Well, you should know two things. First of all, worship will still happen. If we don't worship, well, guess what? The stones will cry out. Creation already declares God's glory, but creation will put a voice to it if we don't. The other thing you should know is that one day, When we take our last breath, the other side, in eternity, we will all stand before God's throne. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. And so here's the question. The question is not, will you worship? The question is, will your worship be too late now i'm gonna say this one more time worship is bigger than what we do on sunday morning worship is more than us just lifting our voice in song or prayer it is everything that you and i do with our lives Now I want to narrow things for a moment, just a moment. When we get together, like we did this morning, I mean, what's our purpose? What what are we trying to accomplish? I mean, if, if we realize there really is a war for our worship and we acknowledge that we are created to worship, the question comes, what part do we play? How many of you have ever been to a concert? How many of you were gonna go to a concert that has been canceled, you know? Yeah, how many of you have ever been to a play at the Fabulous Fox, okay, or something like that, right? So we all, we all, what I want you to think is it's a lot like what we have here. You know, you have a stage, you have seating. And so, wherever it was that you were, there are really two key components in that venue that you were in. You know, first you have the audience. You know, let's pretend you know maybe we're at the Fox, all right? And, and for for a moment, you, you've come to see Cats or Hamilton or whatever. So where you sit, you're the audience, right? And the second component is the performers, or the cast, and and you would usually find them where I am, right? In in the spotlight, so to speak. You know, every time I step out here, I spend a lot of time, I pray about, I try and think about how to best communicate a message, and I know that uh, I may get one opportunity to reach somebody for Jesus Christ may never get the opportunity again. I realize when I step out here, eternity's in the balance for some people. But I also realize you have a lot of power out there. I mean, the fact is you can get bored. You can get preoccupied. You can get up and leave if you decide to. My, my intent on a Sunday morning is to inspire you, to challenge you, uh, disrupt you a little bit, so speak. But I do all that in an effort to get you to grow in your faith, to get you to grow in your relationship with God. Now, having said that, forget everything I just said, okay, about audience performer, Because when we gather on Sunday morning, like we did earlier, you have never been and you will never be the audience. All of this is not about you. You are in the cast. All of us are. We are the cast, we are a cast of worshipers who worship for an audience of one. And friends, when you realize that paradigm and you make the shift and you go, oh, wait a minute. I'm the worshiper, God's the audience. Well, you'd probably never be late to worship again. And because you realize you're an audience of one, that you're not the audience, but you're performing for an audience of one, that it's not all about you, that you are a worshiper, when you realize that it changes everything. It changes your attitude, changes the way you look at things. It, it changes the way you even feel about stuff. You, you don't go, uh, you know, I ain't get anything out of that. What a waste of a morning, you know. I, I, I really don't care for that song. No, you, you begin to shift. You know, in other words, you, you won't come here expecting to receive something from God. You will. Okay, God will knock. God will move in your life. You won't come here expecting to even hear from God, although you will. But when you recognize that God's the audience, you'll come not to receive, but to give, to give your worship to God, to give your heart to God it'll spill over because you'll become obedient to God. See, God's knocking, I mean, can you hear it? I mean, can't you? Worship is responding to who God is, what God has done. You know, Paul writes this, he says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your true and proper worship. See, worship's living in full obedience to God. In view of God's mercy, in view of what God has done and who God is, in view of God's love, in view of the fact that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to, to pay the debt for you. In view of the fact that God forgives you over and over and over again. In view of the great things God's done in your life. In view of the good things that God has provided and given to you. In view of God's mercy. Friends, if we offer ourselves to God in worship, See, one of of the most dramatic pictures of worship is in the book of Revelation. You know, John John has a vision. I don't fully understand the whole vision, but I know that he has a vision of heaven. And he begins to describe what it's like. And he says there were four creatures gathered around the throne of God. And there's a lion, an ox, and an eagle. I don't fully understand that part. But he says, there was also a man or a person. Scripture says, day and night, without ceasing, they sing, holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And they just keep worshiping. I mean, it's a picture of never-ending worship next few verses it says when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who's seated on the throne who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall before the one who is seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever they cast their crowns before the throne singing you are worthy O lord our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and you and by your will, they exist, and were created. Here, here's what what hits me when I when I read that. I do not know who the 24 elders are. I don't know how they became elders in heaven, but they did. But what I do know is they were probably very spiritual beings, probably powerful. Every time the creatures around the throne are singing, holy, 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 scripture says these 24 elders take their crowns. You know what a crown is, right? It's a symbol of authority. It's a symbol of power. This is who I am, I'm the king. And they take the crown off their head And they cast them, they lay them down before the throne of God, before God. And they sing and they worship God. I'm going to ask this one more time. What kind of heart do you have? Heart of stone? heart that's resistant or a of obedience. And let me say this. If you struggle with obedience to God on whatever front, and we all have struggles, I want to suggest the way you overcome that is Worship. See, worship leads to obedience. God's knocking. Can't you hear? See, God's rolling stones, parts of stones. He's changing up. Close with this. That's what we started with. Promise from God. I, I'll give you a new heart, a new mind, and I'll take away your stubborn heart of stock and give you a heart, an obedient heart. We're going to have prayer teams down in front this morning. If you need a prayer, let them pray for you. Let us stand and multiply. This morning. And God, we're fully aware there's pieces of our heart that are, that are like stone. We're resistant. We're hard. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just breathe into us. That we would hear you, that we would we need to be obedient, that we need to take a new way, a new step. God, I pray that uh, we'd all just take an honest assessment and acknowledge whatever it is that we've put above you. More importantly, God, give us the strength to get things shifted changed and put you at the very top. So there is no question. God, you are worthy of our worship. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of that first spot in our life. God, I pray that we would be your people that when others look, that there'd be no second guessing that they would know you are the most important thing to God, I pray that you would continue to be with those that are struggling. God, that you would be with the situation and in this world. And the health of people. And God, that you would just use us to point people to you, Lord. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunities you lay before us we we'll give you the glory and the praise as we worship this morning. In Christ's name we pray. God's people said.